It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. My name is Harry Hurley, and it's an honor to fill in today for Jimmy, who will be back on Monday. And I, I want to just say a word about Jimmy. You know him. Uh, he's been fantastic. And I have covered the entire launch and followed it very, very closely of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, who has built something that didn't exist before. And it is a fantastic show. Uh, we're an affiliate of Jimmy's show. We love his passion. We love his work. And it's an honor to spend some time here with you today on Jimmy's behalf. Thanks for the trust, Jimmy. I'm working with Mike and Dan. It's a big news day today on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to talk about, in this segment, the Highland Park shooting. It, uh, it still continues to reverberate. We find out overnight that a precious eight-year-old little boy will be paralyzed for the rest of his life if he makes it. He's on a ventilator as we speak. His spine was severed by this coward's shot. And it's just extraordinary how many lives were changed, how many lives were ruined, and thank goodness he didn't carry out what appeared to be his plans as he drove three miles, uh, three hours to Wisconsin and had 60 shots at least and every opportunity to do more. Maybe we'll find out why he didn't do it. Maybe we won't. But for some reason, he turned back and he was promptly caught. Something I thought the other day, and a lot of pieces are coming into clarity, seemed to me that if you're um, an idol worshiper of Lee Harvey Oswald, who left his weapon, now Oswald didn't leave his weapon by accident. So when we found out early on that really what enabled law enforcement to easily catch the mass shooter was that he left his weapon behind. It made me think it was just speculation, but it seemed reasonable. He worshiped Oswald. He did an aerial shot. He had the weapon there at the scene. Seemed to me that he did it sort of a tip of the cap homage to Lee Harvey Oswald. It turns out that whatever carrier he had it in, the gun slipped out and he left it by chance, by accident, not on purpose. So that, that piece of the puzzle is clear. That, that um, scenario of him worshiping Oswald right down to leaving the weapon is gone. Early reports were that he was going to plead not guilty. Instead, he went in there and he told everybody everything that he did. Uh, and again, he could have done a whole lot more. We're going to talk about this from every angle. We're going to talk about it from the mental health aspect of these shootings because the tribal nation that we now live in, the one side blames the gun. They don't want to have any conversation about who are the ones doing these shootings, what's going on, is something broken in society, uh, is there, I don't believe in coincidences, is it a coincidence that they're young males, typically lately, as of late, upper teens to early 20s? I mean, that's a profile. There's something going on. Uh, another thing that seems to be apparent and constant is the family is typically not solid, either missing a parent 
or something that's not quite functional, even if there are parents or a parent. And this this appears to fit the same mold. So I believe, and we're going to have a great conversation with one of the best in the business, Fox News medical correspondent Dr. Mark Siegel, the author of COVID, The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science. And incidentally, politics is everywhere, and it's in this as well. Because if we were having the intellectual, honest conversations that Dr. Mark Siegel has been having both on the Fox News channel and here on Fox News Radio on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, I think we would get somewhere. We're not going to get anywhere when one side blames the gun and the other side's worried about protecting the Second Amendment. And we don't even talk about in the middle what's really going on. On the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America Newsmaker Hotline is my friend, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Siegel, welcome. Not a moment too soon. A lot to talk about. Let's get going. How are you, sir? I mean, if the Jimmy, if this is the Jimmy Fallon hotline, it must be scorching. It's scorching hot because you're here. You're here and you're going to bring it like you always do. In, in terms of the mental health aspect, what do you, Dr. Mark Siegel, say about that? Well, I think I said it on the air the other day that it's not we have to parse this out. You know, the left says everything's gun control, but then the first response to that is, well, but you can get a gun anyway, can't you? So there's so many illegal guns floating around, that's not stopping anybody. But then the right says everything is mental health, but then people that have depression and anxiety or even schizophrenia say, you mean me? Because actually they don't mean you. We're not talking about you because the vast majority of people with mental health issues do not commit violent crimes. So we have to redefine all of this stuff and look at it from a purely scientific point of view and say that I think the focus should be on background checks. Yeah. And and what, and how it is that this guy, Cremo, ended up passing four background checks when he had suicidal ideation, when, when, the, when the cops knew about that. I mean, it has to do with an age issue, but all that's got to change. He had homicidal ideation. He had videos rampant with with threatening music and guns and shootings and Lee Harvey Oswald uh, clippings. And, 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 you know, he performed a crime that was kind of in in keeping with Lee Harvey Oswald, the whole thing. And, you know, and then his dispassionate going to get his mother's car after that. And the fact that he had a family background the way he did with with this mother that, that appeared to have severe issues and he's living with his father and uncle and the father's bringing him to get guns. That's yeah. where all the attention needs to lie. There's so many red flags here. And then the social media aspect where there's a lot of copycatting going on. So we have a lot to dig into, but it's not to throw the word mental health around or to throw the word gun control around. Yeah, I think that's very important. Mental health aspect, but compartmentalized to this particular profile, if you will. I'll throw something onto the table that I think makes sense in terms of why this is the way that it is. It's these upper teens, barely majority age. Uh, I've seen reports he's 21. There's other reports he's 22. It's all over the place, but he's either 21 or 22, and I've seen 21 more than 22. So it's right in within that framework, and I think what happens is, Dr. Siegel, because the privacy and the rights of children are so protected that all these bad things that happen when they're juveniles, it doesn't show up in the background check. So they come up clean as a whistle. They get the guns. They commit the crimes, and he easily I mean, the the police were all over this house four and five times. He threatened to kill his family, and yet he was able to purchase the weapon. And then you think about it. If you're the gun shop owner 
and here's this 21-year-old, or maybe he got them a little bit before he was 21. He's in with his father. His father is right there vouching for him. So it's um, it's a tough thing. It's a tough nut to crack, but we're going to have to do something about this because this is what's happening, and this is the age bracket that's doing it, Dr. Siegel. And also, Harry, I, I, I want to say that I realize it's a sensitive issue when it comes to privacy, right? So yeah. I'm not going to come on the show and say, you know, uh, let's just start by saying Twitter has the wrong alarm buttons. How's that? Like, yeah. like they're busy throwing off people for saying you're taking the wrong treatment. Well, I'm actually agreeing with their. I, I agree with a lot of the 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 uh, thoughts on that. You know, I, I believe a lot of misinformation has been floating around social media, but I don't believe people should be censored for that. But how about an alert going off somehow if you're threatening to murder somebody? How about that? I mean, those people skate free. So social media is shouldn't be censoring anybody, but somehow we have to figure out a way for people to be alerted. Same thing with schools. I mean, this school knew about this. So how the right people because again i'm i'm very sensitive to the idea of profiling people and having them punished and their their civil liberties taken away big time but there's ways to reserve that for somebody like this i remember a, a kid my oldest son had a friend who was was brandishing a uh, a knife and he got in tremendous trouble at that school, and I'm a big fan of that school. And he ended up having to leave that school. I'm okay with that. You know, even if even if you, you see somebody brandishing a weapon or threatening, they have to get psychiatric treatment. Yeah, yeah. Not I mean, as, yeah. not skating free. As you know, Dr. Siegel, I mean, there are examples, and I'm aware of them uh, at different age brackets in, in the public schools, private schools probably as well, but public schools come immediately to mind, where a child at a young age might draw a scene, a car, like a car, their own cartoon, and if it has a, a gun drawn on the page or a knife or any kind of suggestion about a weapon, I mean, it's a seven-alarm fire, and sometimes they're getting expelled or at least suspended for that. We better be very serious when someone's checking in to go get weapons. And I want to tell you something that I've never thought of. You know, Harry, I love being on with you, because, and Guy, too, of course, because you just brought my mind to something that I don't think any of your listeners know about, which is this. When I was first out there as a physician, as an internist, I was afraid to ask my patients about suicide or homicidal ideation. And I was trained repeatedly that that doesn't provoke events, that it's okay to ask that question because it doesn't provoke events. So if you ask a patient as a psychiatrist, have you thought of suicide? And the person says, yeah, as a matter of fact, I got the pills stashed away in my... In my uh, so we have a, ver- a variation from suicidal ideation to suicidal plan to homicidal plan. A skilled psychiatrist or psychologist or mental health professional knows how to, how to distinguish and knows when mandatory help would be needed. We need more mental health professionals on the ground here. Dr. Siegel, what what does that tell you as a medical doctor and a great one? If someone had either contemplated taking their own life and he really seriously considered committing suicide, it appears, it's documented, it appears, does that, is there a nexus that that would then mean that we should be concerned if they're willing to take their own life? They might, I mean, we we see it all the time. We saw it uh, in my marketplace recently, horrifically bad in front of a tiny child. Uh, the father took the mother's life right in front of the child and then took his own life. If you are suicidal yourself, should that be a red flag 
that you could pose a threat to others? It sounds like Captain Obvious, but I want to pose the question to the expert. It's not an obvious because people don't realize there's a thin line between suicide and homicide, a very thin line. People would think that they're diametrically opposed, that if you're going to take your own life, you're not going to take others. Actually, that form of hopelessness that may cause you to take your own life may blur the boundaries and instead it gets projected as rage and you take someone else's. It's not unusual for someone with suicidal ideation to turn homicidal, not unusual for somebody with homicidal ideation to turn suicidal. That's a continuum and it's a lot closer together than than, than you might think. Having said that, I've got to add a caveat. There's plenty of people out there that are severely depressed severely hopeless that would never hurt a fly and that's up to a psychiatrist to tell the difference all right so i I concede you're a great medical doctor you're not a politician but when you look at this problem and the whole political system is tribal and one side as we talked about in the beginning is guarding their turf their perceived turf the other side is guarding their turf what could get us to the point where we could agree on something that would just make sense wouldn't be a threat because one side is, is scared that they, if you give one inch, the Second Amendment is gone. It's like the abortion issue. Can't give an inch because then there's a problem. Uh, what what is is there an answer that just is there for the pickings, but we haven't done it yet? Well, I think we're getting there on this show. I think background checks is something everybody can agree with. They've got to be hugely ramped up. I don't actually uh, think that there's a lot of advantage on getting behind assault weapons, by the way. I mean, I don't I, – I, that whole thing we can't really solve on the show today, but I'm not a fan of assault weapons, and I'm not a fan of concealed weapons. I am a f- fan of, of, of defending the homestead. So I don't – I believe, so I don't know why the Second Amendment has to be hauled out everywhere you go in defense of everything. And then, you know, the other side is completely ignoring the Second Amendment. So that's where it becomes a political mess. I think there's a public health concern here, and I think that that's being ignored. But I, but I, don't, I think everybody is way too, way too extreme in their views. Closing minute, Dr. Siegel, your final thought. I think that this is a wake-up call. I think that this, and again, I hate to point to a crime as an example of anything, because, you know, th- there'll be another one next week, tragically. There's, there's, there was plenty in Chicago that day, you know, b- beyond this one. True. But what makes this one particularly important to us is it was clear that there were warning signs here that were ignored. This is a wake-up call for our society and our med- mental health system to, to, to get more involved with this. And unbelievable that he was able to purchase purchase guns. It is stunning. With what we see documented, the videos and everything that you chronicled, it really is. Dr. Siegel, great to be with you, sir. Always great to be with you, Harry. Have, Have a, a great week. day. Be well. We will be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. It's a big news today because it always is on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon with Mike and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley filling in today. Jimmy will be back on Monday, so let your heart not be troubled. We're going to go to the uh, Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America 
phone lines to Ike in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Maybe we're going to have a split decision. Who knows? Maybe we won't. Ike, welcome to Jimmy's program. Hi there. Hello. Uh, I thank you for taking my call. Look, uh, you know, I've been listening to these issues with firearms for a long, long time. Uh, I am an incredibly strong Second Amendment. That's why it's there um, to protect ourselves, not only from other people, but from our government primarily. Um, All of these things that we're trying to do, first of all, there is no authority at the federal level whatsoever in the Constitution to do anything when it comes to firearms. Every firearms law that they have at the federal level is unconstitutional if you know how to read the Constitution. Shall not be infringed is very, very plain. All of these red flag laws they're trying to do, what they're going to do is they're trying to entice the states into doing it and taking federal money. Right. If you take the federal money, it's going to have several strings attached to it that you're going to have to abide by. And again, they have no authority to give out this money to the states to do anything with All right, red so, flag so laws. Ike, let me, let me flip the script. Because you are speaking to someone, remember, when you're doing an interview with a professional, a certified professional, and you're talking about mental health, and you're talking about possibilities, not anything that is being done or will be done, you're talking about possible steps, it's a worthy conversation to have. I am with you that the Second Amendment is absolute. When there is language that says shall or shall not, it means what it means. However... If you have someone, and we'll say this is a young adult, barely majority age, so they have a clean record, but maybe they're a horrifically troubled person. If you've had, say, in this case, four or five uh, police encounters, you have someone that has threatened to kill the entire family. Uh, He's watching all kinds of provocative stuff, uh, whether it's Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, President Kennedy's, uh, Kennedy's assassin, and these other things that were very deeply disturbing. He's looking at school shootings and things like that. Don't you think we need to look into it and do something? Why haven't? Why didn't the police do something? Why didn't his family do something, his friends or people around him? See, it's a localized issue. You cannot fix these things at the federal level. And that's why they're not even supposed to be trying. It's a state issue to deal with this, and it is a local issue to deal with the security of your schools, your businesses, your hospitals, wherever it is that you think that you need to be secure, then you need to be secure. Ike, I want to thank you for calling in. I actually wish we had more time. Uh, I wasn't finished with this call, but the clock says that we are. We'll be back. Much more important content straight ahead. It is a busy news day on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Great guests, great content straight ahead. Stay with us. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon with Mike and Josh. My name is Harry Hurley, filling in just for today. And let your heart not be troubled. Jimmy will be back on Monday. And I have to comment. It's it's not obligatory. It's, it's, It's sincere. It's from my heart. This program means a lot to me because before it even existed... I was around for a little bit working with Josh and working with this great team and did the first two weeks before it became Jimmy's program. So I've always had an affinity and have loved this program. We're an affiliate radio station. I don't ever call out our call letters or tell you how to get a hold of me. I'm the fill-in guy. But we're an affiliate radio station in my market because this is a great show. 
and Jimmy and Mike and Josh and the team at Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, you have built a great show. I'm a fan, and it's an honor to fill in for Jimmy today. He's a great friend of mine, and he's a super uh, talent in the spoken word format, uh, and we're very fortunate to have him as one of the top talk show hosts in America. The topic this half hour on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, we're just going to call it like it is. I mean, when you think you've heard enough crazy, you're going to get a little bit more. I call it bizarro world, where everything that should be isn't, and then vice versa. Everything is backwards, inside out, upside down, just crazy. On top of that, you hear these things that are just so easy to just completely call out as, you know, they don't like to say the word lie in electoral politics. They, they do say it more freely now than ever before. They used to torture the English language about one another and say, you've, you've told an untruth. You've told something that doesn't hold up. They would come up with any word salad, any uh, torturing of the English language to not say that someone lied. However, I'm going to use the word, the big, the big L word, lie, because when you have the audacity from one of the most significant podiums on planet Earth with the great seal of the White House, and you are telling stories about that we are stronger economically than we have been in history. I don't care what one or two indices you try to pull out and try to justify that statement. I don't think this esteem audience, and I would call you in the top 99.9 percentile of informed citizens in America, but let me say it because otherwise it would be hand puppets of the airwaves. We have a situation where less than 18 months ago, America was energy independent. We were a net oil exporter because we had extra. We had like, oh, we have everything we need, and we're using 20-some million barrels a day, which your Secretary of Energy didn't even know, but just about probably every talk show host in America knew how many barrels of oil we were using. You'd think if you were in charge of energy – you would know the basics. I don't know. You're trying to. I don't know the answer to that one. You don't. Then you need to get a new job. And you must have been a terrible governor, on top of being a terrible Secretary of Energy. How can you not know that? So we had more than we needed. And oh, by the way, we had less than two percent inflation. Now I don't know about you, but when rotisserie chicken used to be about four ninety nine in any big box store you would find, and it's now. 10 11 12 dollars and depending on the market that's listening to jimmy's program right now even higher because i heard an extraordinary conversation recently on the fox news channel with Stuart varney and brian kilmeade and and Stuart was talking about his uh five dollar chicken is now i think he said something like 15 dollars 14.99 or something like that he did say it was a big chicken, but it's still rotisserie chicken that feeds, you know, a small family. They're about the same. And that's that's where we are. So the reason I bring up the tripling of the chicken is because do you know anything in your daily life? Let me just throw out a few examples. Is gasoline up by 8.5%? Because that's the inflation rate, which wages are not keeping up with inflation. You make at least $5,000 less since Biden's been president each year than you did before he was president. That's that is incontrovertible. That's not politics. That's not tribal politics of one side 
saying one thing and the other side saying the exact opposite. And then the poor citizen voter has to figure out which one is the liar. These are unambiguous facts. So we know the chicken costs you two to three times more depending on where you are and where you buy it. So that's not 8.5%. That's steak that you used to have, maybe even with great regularity. That's not up by 8.5%. I don't know anything that's only up by 8.5%. So I don't believe that number. I believe that number is a lie. I think that, what do they say about liars figure and figures lie? And that's what they're doing. They have some formula that they get away with reporting it. I heard somebody with a very pithy, uh, funny way of explaining it, uh, that, that, that something like the 8.5 or 8.6 percent inflation is dishonestly accurate, which I thought was delicious. I thought that was fantastic. Dishonest as heck, but factually at some crazy level. So nothing is only up 8.5%. So when we just go back to January 20th of 2021, and we know that a price of a gallon of gasoline was a little over $2, we know that we didn't have any of these problems with the daily things that you purchase, cereal, you've seen the, and, and the other trick is everything is getting smaller and you're not keeping the price the same. That would be a neat trick. You know, you used to get 32 ounces. Now you get 28, and the price is the same. You used to get 32 ounces. Now it's 30. Now it's 28 ounces, and it costs you more. And I had it happen the other day. A particular beverage that replaces electrolytes was 32 ounces. It's now 28 ounces out of nowhere. And the bottle is very cleverly, uniquely shaped thinner at one area, fatter at another, sort of looks the same, figuring that you're stupid, which you're not, and that you won't pick up on it. I looked at this bottle and I said, hmm, that looks a little small. And I said, okay, it is a little small. It's 28 ounces now, not 32. And hey, look at the price. Fantastic. So when you hear these things, the distractions that the other side tries to do, and they try to get your eye, it's like the magician that has somebody on the the stage with them. You look at the assistant And then all kinds of planes disappear and all kinds of um, neat tricks take place because your eye is taken off of the prize or your eye is taken off the ball. So yesterday, when we hear Corrine Jean-Pierre, who incidentally I thought was going to be better than Jen Psaki, I always admit when I'm wrong, she is terrible, absolutely terrible. If she loses that big book with all the tabs in it, we're in trouble. I've never seen anything like it. It, it is, it's embarrassing, and I didn't expect it. I thought that she was smoother. I thought that she was more articulate, and I thought that she was actually going to be better than Jen Psaki, and I was. And, and by the way, that's, that's not a compliment because I'm no Jen Psaki fan. I didn't like the things she said, uh, and I didn't like the way she said them. But when you just fairly evaluate Those few things that I brought up, I didn't throw a hundred things at you. I threw the price of a gallon of gasoline, some of the food stuff, and the inflation rate, which was at or under 2% before Joe Biden became the president. And we know where it is now. They cop, they admit, to 8.5%. So now when you know 
what the prices and what the inflation was before they started. See how this statement holds up now. Joshua, cut one. When you look at inflation, when we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you look at the unemployment numbers at 3.6 percent, when you look at the jobs numbers, uh, more than 8.7 million of of new jobs created. That is important. So break it down. She said when you look at the inflation, it was 2 percent versus 8.5 percent. Just a bald-faced lie right there. When you look at where we are economically, we know where we are economically. People are actually choosing between filling up their gas tank and skipping a meal. I've heard over the past several days, and this is heartbreaking, we have Americans who were easily able to eat three meals a day. Some are actually getting by on one meal a day, some on two meals a day skipping a meal so that they have money to buy some of the other things that you have to have. You have to pay for your energy. You you have to pay for certain things. You've got all these obligations and everything is so expensive. And yet the bills come due. And what are you going to do except figure out how to pay it all? Then you're going to see people floating one month to the next. Oh my gosh, I'm 30 days late on this one. Now I got to pay that one. And all right, I'll let this one go 30 days. And it creates great stress. It is why There is such a dour mood, a mood that we have not seen in this country since the 1970s. All right. I will give Corinne Jean-Pierre the employment situation. But in fairness, with a caveat, that is all a byproduct of Build Back Better, the American Rescue Plan. All these millions of dollars were put into the economy and it put millions of people where they weren't working anymore. And when you're not working, after a period of time, you actually get taken out. You, you, you're called someone that's not looking for a position. So I, I will confess, I will admit, Corinne Jean-Pierre is correct on the job numbers, but they're not for the reason you think. It's not a healthy 3.6%. Look how many businesses out there, and I, I know I'm speaking to many in the Jimmy Fallon universe here where you can't get someone to fill a position before my broadcasting career i was an executive and i had over a thousand employees in in my under my charge and my direct employee and i had positions where you'd have a list of people that wanted the position but you didn't have it you didn't have an opening now these are positions you can't even fill they don't need to do the job because they were paid more by the government. This is why inflation is what they call runaway. That's not a hyperbole or a pejorative. It is is an official term. We are in the midst of runaway inflation at this time. And it is because of the trillions of dollars of spending and the way that they did it. And it created an employment crisis. So when you hear them talk about this great job numbers and this great employment, and I'll tell you my other concern, After the summer is over and the demand is not there as it is for these busy months, we need to keep a very close eye on the economy and our businesses, which I predict, unfortunately, I hate to say this because there will be pain involved. And that's part of what getting us out of this super inflation, this runaway inflation, they're injecting pain 
into the economy to fix it. We should have we should have uh, uh, avoided the pain to begin with. But instead, we didn't. And now the pain comes on the back end. And don't forget, the smartest people uh, at the Fed and in this administration, they and Janet Yellen, the former Fed chair, and Jerome Powell, the current Fed chair, they fed us a line that inflation is transitory, which means that it's no big deal. It's just a short-term thing. It's a blip. We're not in any trouble. There's not any recession looming. Let me tell you, we did not grow. They call it negative growth, which is not really an accurate term, but it's an easy way to sort of explain it. If we don't grow for the second quarter, if it is even fractionally negative, by definition, the United States is in a recession. And, and I state to you on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, if we go into a recession, it was a recession that could have been avoided. And even if we have bare growth of percent, fraction of a percent, and we don't buy the book, have an actual recession officially, you go tell anybody you know. What did Ronald Reagan say when he was president? Uh, a, a recession is when my next door neighbor is unemployed. A depression is when I'm unemployed. I think, sadly hate to say it, but all the signs appear to be there. I think we're going to see a contraction in the employment market. What was a big advantage for employees that could almost write their own ticket? Remember, if you went to a fast food place, they were paying you 50 or or $100 just to interview. You didn't even have to take the job. They just wanted to get bodies in into the interview room. I mean, it was crazy because why would you do that when you're getting paid more to stay home? In other words, they broke America. They broke the free market. It's what they did. We've got a break. We're going to be back in just a little bit. A whole lot more. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon with Mike and Josh. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today, and uh, Jimmy will be back on Monday. Uh, can't wait for that because obviously there's a lot. There is a lot going on in this great country. And always remember, even if we're bringing up critical things, sometimes even negative things, on our worst day by in infinity, we are the greatest country in the history of the world. And this is the country people try to break into, not try to break out of. So no matter what we say, no matter what we think on a bad day or any day, uh, that cannot be taken away. There has never been anything like this. And the average democracy, we are a representative republic. The average democracy has a shelf life of no more than 200 years. And the reason is because ultimately they vote themselves the treasury and the country collapses. I'm very concerned that that's the philosophy of our good friends, the Democrat socialists. And if they were to continue and, and the American people are going to course correct on November 8th, so this will be stopped. All spending measures originate in the House and this madness can be stopped that's been going on. But they were voting themselves the Treasury and they were making people dependent upon government and you lose your country that way. We're at 246 years and that is amazing when you think about it. Because usually, what, almost a half a century before now, uh, a great experiment like this would be over because it would founder, it would falter, it would end. I want to go back to where we were 
uh, in the last segment with the White House press secretary. We the, we the people, we need to hold them accountable when they tell these incredible tales, these bald-faced lies. When you look at inflation, when you look at where we are economically, we are stronger economically than we have been in history. That is the the liberal outlet that does Pinocchio's. That should be a, a, a seven alarm, five Pinocchio, complete like lie of the year. How do you tell the American people you're telling the American people who are hurting that are making decisions whether to eat or drive their car if they can do it? We don't have time. I want to play Corrine Jean-Pierre and the great Peter Ducey. Uh, and we'll do that later in the program because we, we must. Uh, because Peter Ducey is the only one asking the right questions. The questions that typically an intellectually curious national press corps would be very much asking these questions. If, say, my former boss, Donald J. Trump, were the, pres- were the president still. Uh, but they don't ask the questions because they're part of a Joe Biden protection program. We have a lot of content straight ahead. And when we come back, Ron Paul, the former congressman, former presidential candidate, is going to join Fox Across America with Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. So don't go away. Much more important content straight ahead. Stay with us. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, with Mike and Josh. I'm Harry Hurley. Filling in today, and Jimmy will be back on Monday. On the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America Newsmaker Hotline is a great guest uh, because he always says it like it is, even if we're in a time that is living like it isn't. Former United States congressman, former candidate for president of the United States, and currently the brand ambassador of Birch Gold, Congressman Ron Paul joins the program. Congressman, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Good to be with you. Uh, I I really have uh, appreciated your work uh, all through the years, and you're really a perfect guest for this first question. Does it, it feels like it to me. Does it feel like it to you, Ron Paul? Does it feel like the 1970s all over again that passed his prologue, high gas prices, runaway inflation, and we could keep going. A lot of these other indices are very, very similar. Some aren't. But many are. Does it feel like the 1970s again to you? Very similar. But I'd I'd add that uh, in the 1970s is when I really seemed to get a great deal of interest and it motivated me to run for Congress because of the breakdown in 1971. But I would say that the similarity ends because I think our basic conditions, the distortions, the money supply, the potential for price inflation, the disturbance around the world and trade, much, much worse. So I believe the bubble is much bigger. There were bubbles back then, and they were resolved, and the government prolonged the agony. But I think the bubble, people can visualize a bubble of, well, what what have they done with the money supply? All they have to do is go back and look at the statistics of QE, trillions and trillions of dollars, and what they did when COVID came, and what they did with, with, uh, you know, adding more fuel to the fire in Ukraine. So I would say the bubble is bigger than ever, and it's going to be worse in the 70s. Well, I I agree with you completely, and I'm going to follow up on that in just a second. For those in in the Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon uh, program universe, 
QE is quantitative easing. It was abject failure. It was disastrous. And we have our own equivalent. Actually, it's not an equivalent. It's it's much worse. And you correct me because I will stand corrected if the great Ron Paul disagrees with what I'm about to say. But this Build Back Better, this, um, you know, other Save America nonsense that Biden did and these trillions of dollars that did everything from de-incentivize Americans from working. So that obviously hurts the free market. It hurts our businesses. They can't get the employees that they need. People are being paid more not to work. It's, it, it, it then dispirits the whole concept of rugged individualism that our country was founded upon, that you have to work. You can't get it for free. You've got to contribute. They broke our country is what I'm saying. Do you agree? Absolutely, because it's it's just noise. It's propaganda. Uh, when I hired people to come to work for me in the congressional office, I told them one thing. You can review some legislation and, and, and give me an idea what's in it. I said, but you probably won't have to go past the title because the title is going to lie to you. It's going to say it's going to do A, B, C. And, and building back better, who, who believes it? Thank goodness that the people have given up on trusting the government. We're up to 80%. Now people say, why should we believe the government? <clears throat> and it's not just Democrats. They're sick and tired of big government. And I think that that is just nonsense. And I think everybody, not everybody, but <clears throat> so many people, when they campaign, the same principle applies. It's a lot of noise. There's <clears throat> a lot of propaganda, promises made. But the uh, the confidence in believing what the government tells us is uh, is undeserving. Nobody should have very much confidence in that. We are visiting with Congressman Ron Paul on the Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon Newsmaker Hotline. Do you agree or disagree that the I don't believe this 8.5 or 8.6 percent inflation, I, I heard someone describe it as a stunningly dishonest, accurate number. And what he, what he meant by that was it's just the way they report it. Because it seems as though the pain is is beyond 8.6 percent. I remember vividly because it was the first time that I was able to afford to buy a new car. And I bought a 1981 Honda four-door Accord. And and Congressman Paul, I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. With AAA credit, my interest rate was 21.6 percent. We were able to, in that same year, buy our first home, my wife and I. And that interest rate with perfect credit score was 17 and a half or 18 percent. So these aren't those numbers. I just think we're reporting it differently because when you look at these prices out there from gas to food and we have Americans right now. We were just talking about it, Congressman, in the last segment that are making decisions now of skipping a meal. That should not be the greatest country in the history of the world. We should not be in a place where people say, well, I got to fill up the car or have dinner. I'll just wake up hungry and I'll eat breakfast. I won't have dinner and then I can get gas. I mean, when, when we have this isn't just a handful of people. This is happening right now. The country is broken. I believe the American people are going to course correct on November 8th. But just switching from one side to the other, if we're not ready to truly make the fundamental change that we need to make, then it's just that this side is better than the other side. And they can stop some of the uh, American rescue plan and build back better philosophy of governance. But what, what is your take on where we go from here? Because I think for the next year or so, at least the American people are going to experience pain. 
well, let's just hope it's a year or two because uh, it could end. If they did everything right tomorrow, in a year, there'd be a lot of bankruptcies and it would be disruptive. And that's what happened in 1921, and the Depression was over in a year. That's not going to happen because the political forces are so strong because they they constantly lie to us. You take you take those uh, CPI figures, which I think some more come out uh, next week. The core, and then they go say, well, well let's get, let's do the core inflation. Let's get rid of oil. Let's get rid of energy and food. Yeah. And then all of yeah, a sudden, take that out. We don't <laughs> drive and we don't eat. But that has an effect on the marketplace, but you can't fool the people. I mean, yeah. the housewives, I tell people, they say, you know, say, oh, the dollar's be pretty strong right now. They, you can buy other currencies. I said, yeah, but the only measurement that you should really care about is when you go to the grocery store, whether you feel good about what's in your bag of grocery and how much you're paying for it, and that is what's or, – or the gas station. And that's where people really feel bad and uh, – and I, I think the, the deception is there, uh, but uh, they will constantly uh, fib, fib to us on that. Uh, but the people will, the people will wake up. They, they'll tell us these things. But uh, that's what happened on Bretton Woods. You know, yeah. we, we for all those years we we claimed our dollars as good as gold at thirty five dollars an ounce, and we kept it there from nineteen thirty four to nineteen seventy one, fooling the people and lying to the people. And many people, especially the Austrian economists, knew it was just a bubble. And uh, now that's over and done with. The market rules. The market rules, but sometimes it's very painful. And the biggest problem is wealth, maldistribution, and then, of course, the loss of liberty. That's where our real threats are. What's your view on – I think I know because I know, I know a lot of your views, not all. But what's your view on when we decided to go off the gold standard? And for those listening, there was a time where – you could present a dollar and, and be, you could say, I want a, a dollar's worth of silver. I want, if we're on the gold standard, I want a dollar's worth of gold. We went off the gold standard. I think it was during Nixon's presidency. You would know for sure, Congressman. But when we went off the gold standard, then it became a promissory note. Now, America's word has always been good. We only defaulted the one time. Uh, so, uh, you know, on one hand, I could say, hey, look, our word is, is our bond. And we have 246 years to back up that. It's not smack talk. It's real. But were we better when you would have to have some vault somewhere for every dollar you printed, there would have to be a precious resource that would be sitting in its place? Was that a better system than these Federal Reserve notes that we can just print willy nilly? Yeah, I think obviously it was a much better system. And the best example that we have set under these conditions in our early history, uh, but if uh, after the Civil War they were on a gold standard basically up to World War One, and uh, it was it was convertible, and uh, the the uh, growth in that period of time was very very good. Purchasing power went up, so yes, we, we'd all be better off. But you know, uh, it's a little bit mixed. Uh, Deal because we were off the gold standard in uh, in 1934 because we weren't it wasn't even legal for us to buy gold so it was already bad yeah. but because we were very rich and very powerful and had a strong military we got away with that we had to reserve currency but that came to an end when we couldn't even buy we couldn't even uh, you know honor our commitment to foreigners on the international markets and that's when Nixon closed the gold but that is a big deal. 
and was a big deal and it continues to be. And until we have a unit of account, a dollar unit or something, have you have to have a unit of account that you can define and trust. We don't have that, and that's why we have the chaos and the runaway spending and the debt. And as interest rates go up, the the interest to serve the debt becomes absolutely unsustainable. And if it was a private corporation or a citizen, I mean, you'd be insolvent. The United States would be insolvent on a balance sheet. It's so bad right now. Congressman Paul, in terms of where we are now versus where we were 18 months ago, not even 18 months ago, we were energy independent. We were a net oil exporter. We had inflation at or under 2%. And in a year and a half, look at what these Biden policies have brought to bear. Now, I I do fault the Biden policies. I know he's on the blame, the oil executives blame Russia, Russia, Russia. He's saying it three times now. It's so it's such a lie. The first time he has to say it three times. So what happened? I know some of it we talked about in the first segment with the trillions in Build Back Better and American Rescue Plan. But what happened? Explain to Jimmy's listeners, Congressman Paul, what happened in a year and a half, that we are where we are now and we were where we were then? Well, the the climactic end of many decades of reckless spending and debasement of the currency is, is coming to an end. And it was a predictable event. But the mess was compounded by the cultural Marxists, and I believe that there is such a group of people who who uh, gloat and they like and they want chaos in the streets. So I used to struggle. Why are they doing such stupid things? Yeah. They can't be that dumb. But their goal is chaos, and, uh, and all you have to do is listen to them. And uh, and then then they come up with all these stupid things, and then you have the politicians serving their own interests. And I think there's one thing uh, that, in a moral sense, we have a moral bankruptcy, too, because because I think they have abandoned the whole principle of a moral law, a higher law. And uh, lying in Washington is nothing. That's the way you get ahead. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a financial bankruptcy. It's, can, it's come to a head, and it's a real threat to our, our liberties. And that, just look at our Justice Department, our justice system. We don't have any in the and the crazy things going on. But why do they do it? Well, they do it because they want chaos in the streets, and right now they're they're very successful. But I, I sense a little bit of optimism in your words, and I share the fact that hopefully we're going to see a little bit of cleansing. It won't be a final and enough for me, but I, I think things will get better because as I campaign around the country uh, over the years, I meet a lot of people who are waking up, and I thought the parents and the at the parent-teachers meeting, finally woke up about lockdown. They went to these meetings and fired some of these people. So people are people are realizing it. And the articles now to show how many lies were told about. Oh well, if you if you talk about natural immunity, you're not scientific, and we're going to fire you, and we and you'll be and then doctors lost their jobs over yeah. that. And now everything that they said was a lie was always true. And you touched on the parents. We only have about a minute and a half, but. They love their children. They didn't like what they saw. Part of the pandemic was parents got to see with the at-home learning. They saw the stuff going on that they couldn't believe. They got <laughs> motivated. They went into these school board meetings. And for that, for loving their children and having – and I'm a former school board member a long time ago – for having every right to question their school board government, they got called by their own government domestic terrorists. That's disgraceful. 
Yeah, you know, when I see all the nonsense going on and when I do my program, The Liberty Report with Daniel McAdams, I always say, Daniel, I said, we'll talk about horrible news. And I said, Daniel, the way, the way I look at it, I have to find something positive. This is not so bad. This is going to wake up just this one fact is going to wake up 10 million people today and say, hey, what in thunder is going on? And I think we witnessed that uh, during the COVID lockdown. People were waking up and they're continuing to wake well, up. Yeah, and we, so, I, I know we have to go. We have to go in like 20 seconds. Yeah. I know for a fact. I know it. It's not provable, but I think it's believable when I say it. Terry McAwful would be the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia had it not been for saying the parents don't have any right uh, to have any say in their children's classroom. He disqualified himself with that. Mm, and that's, that's that, good news. <laughs> yeah, that was a game changer, without a doubt. Congressman Paul, a lot of respect for you. Uh, keep up the great work. Great. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you, sir. Much more straight ahead. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. With Mike and Josh, I'm Harry Hurley filling in just for today. Jimmy will be back on Monday. Now, we're going to be taking your phone calls right after the top of the hour news break. So I hope you will check in. We would love to take your phone calls and just catch up and wrap up the week. Uh, It's been a consequential news week and obviously, in some respects, a very tragic news week. 888-788-9910. That's 888-788-9910. We'll go to your calls coming up in about 10 minutes. Now, this is... The Mayor Adams that I got to know and like during the campaign, pro-police, pro-order. And part of that comes if those listening to Jimmy's program, if you've ever served in the military, if you've ever served in what's called paramilitary as a police officer, let's say, everything is based upon good order. What D.A. of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, did by taking an innocent man with video evidence to prove that he was attacked by a career criminal who is now dead, and I'm sorry about that, but he shouldn't have done what he did, and certainly Jose Alba deserved in America, you have the right of self-defense. And this Alvin Bragg has a record of letting violent criminals go. The grand jury hasn't even met on Jose Alba till next week. And he puts this man in jail with a $250,000 bail. Thankfully, a judge lowered it to 50000 And the 5000 that was required, they were able to put that together between Jose's spouse and his boss. Uh, Mayor Adams said something that I totally agree with. Joshua cut 18. It's obvious this gentleman was here, um, broken, providing for his family. As I saw it from the video... I saw a worker here inside the store following the law, and he should not have been approached in the manner that he was approached. Correct, but he wouldn't give us a full loaf. He only gave us half a loaf. Cut 17. I'm not going to second-guess the district attorney um, for his actions. With that said, uh, my heart goes out for that hard-working, 
honest New Yorker that was doing his job in his place of business. See what he did? He threaded the needle. He should have gone there. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm with Mike and Josh. My name is Harry Hurley. Filling in today, and Jimmy will be back on Monday. A quick word about Jimmy Fallon, who is a great friend, he's a great family man, he's a terrific broadcaster, and just as a fan, I'm so uh, proud of the job that Jimmy and Mike and Josh and their entire team, Tamara, everybody, that you have done in building Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's a real honor, and I consider it a privilege to uh, to fill in for Jimmy today, who is one of the most relevant, obviously one of the top 100 broadcasters in America by Talkers Magazine, and uh, he's just a really, he's a great friend, he's a great colleague, and he's kind, and he, he does it the right way, and he appreciates his opportunities, and he's just done a great job, and he's a credit to the spoken word format. This out, this segment belongs to you. You can check in right now at 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Let's talk about what's been happening today on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let's talk about what's been happening this week on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So we'll get to your calls in just a little bit. Let me continue on something that's been sort of a theme in, in the past half hour of the Jimmy Fallon uh, Fox Across America program, and that is this abominable decision by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg to incarcerate Jose Alba for merely defending himself. Now, I, I'm not building a tabernacle around anything, but I'm going to make a very serious point. These woke, broke, joke DAs, prosecutors around the country, most of them. And I would actually say all of them, but let me be kind and just say most of them in hopelessly socialist Democrat large cities where they're absolutely destroying once great communities, once great cities where people don't feel safe. I can tell you as the identical twin brother of a career retired police officer, I don't know. I'll ask him this question sometime on the air. Would he do the job today that he did for a career when government no longer backs up the police, when police officers had to endure, defund? They were you saw the videos, the summer of love. You saw that they would set police cars on fire. They commandeered a police station and put their name on the top of it. Nobody gets charged. Fires. Remember, uh, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. 100 feet high, fires raging, mostly peaceful. It's madness. And I'm going to tell you what it does. And this is beyond dispute. If you're a police officer and you're in a tough spot and you have to start thinking about, am I going to have some horrific prosecutor take me away from my family, take my job from me and put me in jail for doing my job? And I'm going to tell you right now, that's what it's done. Records like record number of officers retiring earlier than they would have. 
And many that would have chosen the profession now say, no way. You're not going to support me. I'm not going to get the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to potentially get charged. And I'm not talking about the every profession in America has a small percentage of bad apples. It's not what I'm talking about. And this carries over now to citizens who have to maybe get killed because the alternative is if they defend themselves, they're going to go to jail for second degree murder charges or some other aggravated uh, assault charge or whatever they come up with. So these woke, broke, joke DAs and prosecutors are creating a much more dangerous America for the citizens, and they are creating a much more dangerous vocation for public safety officers, for police officers. It's a real problem. You know, I know how informed you are. You've seen the video, probably on a loop. You have witnessed an aggressive criminal, a career criminal, come around the counter of a convenience store, often called in this type of scenario a bodega. And here is Jose Alba being attacked. What is he to do? Just idly stand by and and be killed, potentially? So he defended himself. You heard in the last segment, I hope, on the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America program, I hope you heard Mayor Adams support Jose Alba. Now, he threaded the needle and he won't second guess the DA. But then he then he came right back and said how he supports the person that was attacked. So I know what he's doing. He's got to work with the guy and that that's politics. But at least he said the right thing. Supporting self-defense. I, I believe the outcry. And, you know, this was terrible. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bail, which he couldn't make. He finds himself an innocent man in Rikers prison. Just a nightmare. Can you imagine? A nightmare. Not a good place to be. Fortunately, a judge lowered the bail from 250000 to $50,000. And between his wife and his employer, and I believe his son owns the store, but in any event, between his employer and his family, they were able to put together $5,000 to meet 10% of the reduced bail to get him out. Now, Let's see what the grand jury does. I I hope, and I know hope is not a strategy, so I'll say I pray for Jose Alba. I believe the grand jury convenes on Monday. And who knows? Maybe maybe D.A. Alvin Bragg from Manhattan will pull it back. Who knows? But they're supposed to meet Monday or sometime next week, and hopefully they will not return any charges because it would be very very unjust to be attacked, to defend yourself, and then you – it's like, it's like a movie. It's like a, a nightmare movie where an innocent person gets charged, gets convicted, is in jail, can't believe it, what's going on here. I mean this is not the America that we know and the America that we love. We can't have this. So this is very typical for these DAs that for the worst violent offenders – Want to give everybody a break, let let them free, don't charge them in the first place, and then you go take a guy with no record that's just doing his job, 
and gets attacked, and you're going to find a way to make him a criminal? This is It's madness. And it's going to result in terrible outcomes with police officers. Police officers have to make split-second decisions. They don't have time to say, wait a minute now, am I in the right? Can I do this? Can I do my job? Or am I going to be charged? Bang, you're dead. You're gone. You start thinking about all these scenarios about you're going to get charged. And it's over. Police officers, and I know a lot of them, they're very, very good at diffusing bad situations. They only discharge a weapon if they have to. Remember when Joe Biden said, yeah, 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 shoot him in the foot. I mean, what what a stupid comment that is. When a police officer discharges his or her weapon, they're not shooting. To, this isn't some crazy Biden ink a bad movie where you shoot him in the foot. He'll have a limp, but he'll live. They shoot and they only shoot to kill. Our president doesn't know that. And now look what happens in so many instances where police officers are actually being charged. It's very, very dangerous. Fox News um, co-host of The Five, Judge Jeanine Pirro, of course, had something to say about this. Joshua, cut 19. In New York State, if you were faced with deadly physical force and you were reasonable in your belief that you were going to be harmed based upon these circumstances, then you have the right to defend yourself. But you're right. It is a Rittenhouse case. And the problem with this in New York is everybody walks free. You use a gun in New York, you get to walk free. This guy, Alvin Bragg, he doesn't deserve the title district attorney. And I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of faith in Eric Adams. I mean, he's over here saying, you know what? Uh, I'm not allowed to give commands to a local prosecutor. Baloney, you were hired because you're a cop who's anti-crime. They're taking the side of the criminal and not the victim. I love it all. The Kyle Rittenhouse um, analogy is slightly off. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, make no mistake about it, uh, he was innocent. And that's exactly how the jury saw it. And remember, in our country, it's a shame. Uh, You get found not guilty or guilty. You never get found innocent. So to quote a great American... Who was, conv- who was exonerated, uh, Raymond Donovan, who said, where do I go to get my good name back after he was falsely accused, falsely charged, and ultimately exonerated? Kyle Rittenhouse was out and about, and he was innocent, clearly, and that was the correct outcome. Jose Alba was doing his job. He didn't travel somewhere uh, and and get involved in something. And again, I'm not putting Kyle Rittenhouse down. I supported him from the beginning. That's not a good. That's not a perfect analogy, though. You think it is at first glance. That is, those circumstances are different. Jose Alba was at his place of employment doing his job, and a criminal came around the counter where a customer doesn't belong, and attacked him. Very, very different. Both are innocent. But they are two different scenarios in my view. I'm a huge Judge Jeanine Pirro fan. And remember, Judge Jeanine Pirro is not only a judge in her storied, terrific career. 
I think she's fantastic. She was also a prosecutor. So she knows. She knows that this you're overcharging. You're, we're, we're living in a time where actually they're inventing charges. Before woke, broke, joke, DAs and prosecutors came along of the George Soros socialist Democrat model that for whatever reason seemed to hate our country, hate all of our norms, hate our police and love criminals, coddle them, let them free, don't charge them in the first place, and then you overcharge other people. It's, it's outrageous and it's unacceptable and it has to stop. And wherever these prosecutors can be recalled, I'm, I'm very hopeful that the, no shenanigans get played because the uh, petitioners put in more than what they need to recall Gascon in Los Angeles, California. He's got to go. The San Francisco guy had to go. Others have to go. In some cases, you can't do anything because some are not able to be uh, recalled from office. But wherever you can, and if you can't recall them, then you vote out the appointing authority if it's an appointed situation. It's got to be done because until we get our country back, until police officers feel confident that they can do their job legally without risking being incarcerated, and overcharged by these socialist Democrat progressive DAs and prosecutors, we're not going to be as safe as this country used to be. And, and when this now extends to where citizens, you remember the couple that had the, the, the mob coming to their home, said that we're going to burn your house down. They got charged. They got convicted, actually. It was downgraded and everything, and they pled to it. They were ultimately um, uh, given uh, better than commutation. They, they were exonerated by the governor, uh, but they got charged. This has to stop. Or what are we to do? I mean, you become fish in a barrel. It's like a shooting gallery, and you can't – you cannot respond because they will find a way to flip it on you. We will be back. Don't go away. Phone lines are open, 888-788-9910. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. With Mike and Josh, I'm Harry Hurley filling in today, and Jimmy will be back on Monday. Uh, thank you, Jimmy, for the opportunity to sit in for you today. We are going to go to the uh, phone lines, 888-788-9910. They're open right now, right here, right now, on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We go to Chris in Tyler, Texas. Chris, welcome to Jimmy's program. Hi there. Thank you. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Uh, I've been uh, retired now after 32 years police officer there you go and it's extremely hard to do a job when you know that you don't have that backing and you'd you had asked would i do it again yeah but i wouldn't work for any of those agencies but this um da in new york city who's been pretty much got a revolving door process for those arrested they get arrested they walk right back out 
somehow saw fit to incarcerate somebody who's protecting his own life and property. Yes. And I mean, because and, and see if you agree, Chris, because they have a twisted, bizarro world, opposite world philosophy where he believes the criminal deserves to be taken care of not the man who was defending himself, much like um, they go after the police officer and not the offender. This is very it, twisted, and I know you agree with this. You're a police it's, officer, retired. It's, it's, it's very dangerous. Very, very twisted, very dangerous. Uh, it's why we're see- I'm convinced it is why we're seeing an uptick in ambushes against police officers. I mean, it started under uh, Obama with his anti-police rhetoric, and it has exploded in the last few years. I mean, yeah. even before Obama, before Biden was president. Well, they, as you know, Chris, the, they believe that the, the Democrat politicians have their back, so they don't mind. I mean, you, you've seen the YouTube videos and these things. They'll spit on police officers, throw urine on them, on them throw paint. They'll throw water, uh, uh, ice ice water bottles at them. Remember when they were staging these riots, they actually were drop shipping their their paraphernalia to their own riots uh, and knowing they're not going to get charged. Yes. And and yesterday was the anniversary of five fellow. Five fellow Texas officers. And I've lost friends who were Dallas PD and I've lost friends and others. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Do not apologize, Chris, for showing your heart. You showed your heart. I mean, and you know, you know the pain that comes when a brother uh, is taken Listen, in I, this matter. I, I, I can't go any further. But I understand. I, appreciate it. I, sta- I understand, Chris. Thank you for listening to the uh, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon program. And, and again, thank you for showing this audience your heart. And don't ever apologize for that, because that's beautiful. That's not weak. That's strength. And that's what he could say that I don't have the credibility to say. Yes, I have identical DNA and I have blood that throws, flows through my veins of my identical twin brother who could speak on this firsthand. So I, I think as a layperson, I do have a wide spectrum of observation, but I never pretend to know what you as a police officer thinks. We will be back in just a few minutes with Congressman Stubbe on Fox Across America. We are back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I have the privilege to work with this great team, Mike and Josh. Thank you for the privilege, uh, gentlemen, of working with you. You're fantastic. And Jimmy will be back on Monday. I am Harry Hurley filling in for just today. And on the, on the um, Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon Newsmaker Hotline is uh, one of America's finest. Uh, he's great at what he does. He sits on the House Judiciary Committee. He sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, so two very significant committee assignments, and these committee assignments are even going to mean more when in about six months uh, they flip from the minority to the majority because I don't guarantee too many things, but the American people have had enough of this, and they don't forget that 18 months ago it was 2% inflation, $2 gas, no problems getting baby formula, getting all the things you wanted. It wasn't $15 rotisserie chicken. It was $5 rotisserie chicken. Uh, Americans are skipping meals right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's disgusting. 
And there is going to be a course correction. I don't make too many guarantees, but the People's House is going to flip this November 8th and get ready for it in early in early January because it's going to be very, very different when every spending measure originates out of the House of Representatives and it will no longer be in the party that through total votes that have never in the history of the republic taken place like this with just Democrat votes, Build Back Better, American Rescue Plan, just awful stuff that have put us in the position that we're in. The distinguished gentleman from Florida's 17th Congressional District is on the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America Newsmaker Hotline. Congressman Greg Stubbe, welcome back to the program, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. So 18 months ago, uh, I, I, I know I told the truth. I know I didn't tell a lie, but correct me if I'm wrong. 2% inflation, a little over $2 a gallon for gasoline. We know where we're at now. We know the supply chain is broken. We know that all kinds of norms have been trampled. We have an uh, illegal migration invasion of our country. Uh, for some reason, the president wants to build a border wall between San Diego and Tijuana, but doesn't want to have a border wall on the southern border where we have all kinds of problems, as you know, MS-13, human traffickers, drug traffickers. It's just it's really incredible. And it's an old and used cliche almost. But elections really do have consequences. These last teen, these last 18 months, Congressman Stubbe, have been painful for the American people. Well, and you haven't even touched Afghanistan. Yes. I mean, it, it, we're 300-something days. We still have Americans in Afghanistan. Yes. And we're going to send $40 billion to the Ukrainians with no no oversight whatsoever when we left $80 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan. I mean, it's just crisis after crisis, issue after issue. And it's almost like I read yesterday that now we're giving a million barrels of oil from our American strategic reserve to a Chinese company. You just read like my mind. Co like Congressman, get ready for this one. Please respond to this. We provided China. Joe Biden makes me think that, that, that he's compromised. I mean, my goodness, with the problems we have right now and his aversion, shut our Keystone pipe, XL pipeline down, stopped all kinds of things that would be productive here. And as you know, we were energy independent and a net oil exporter 18 months ago. Not now. Now he's begging Saudi Arabia and all this stuff. So we basically do give China a million barrels, not just a million barrels, but from our own strategic petroleum reserves, which he has depleted to the lowest level since 1985, as you know, and I do believe most of Jimmy's listeners know, this is for emergencies, giving China a million barrels. And here's the real kicker, Congressman. You're going to love this. I know you know it, but please respond to this. A lot of Jimmy's listeners might not know this. The promise President Xi promised President Biden, okay, yeah, you're going to give us a million barrels of oil. Okay, we agree. We won't buy oil from Russia. They took the million barrels, and five seconds later, they bought oil and energy from Russia. They're, they're embarrassing us right now. Well, and it's not surprising at all. I mean, we all know that Joe Biden is compromised, but it's as if this administration are intentionally trying to thwart Americanism yes. and the America first agenda and what would be best for the safety and security of the American people from Afghanistan to China to Russia, you name it. It's almost like they're trying to destroy our country from within intentionally. I mean, well, there's no other way. Like, 
how how else can you look at a decision like that that just happened yesterday or the day before on on giving our number one before John Ratcliffe left under the Trump administration he was our highest ranking intelligence official I served with him in the house before he went over there and he said that the the largest threat to the American people is the Chinese Communist Party and this administration wants to lift tariffs on the Chinese Communist yes. Party, wants to give them a million barrels of our American strategic reserve that's supposed yes. to be for our emergencies, not yes. the Chinese. Yes, 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 yes. You, sir, are correct, to quote Ed McMahon. Now, Josh, if you would, I want to give the congressman an opportunity to hear this clip fresh. I know he's heard about it. This came yesterday. Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, calling our economy the strongest economy in history, which really, I mean, you talk about just complete, blatant intellectual dishonesty. This is unbelievable. We'll get Congressman Stubbe's comment on the other side of this cut. Cut number 19, Josh. When you look at inflation, when we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you look at the unemployment numbers at 3.6 percent, when you look at the jobs numbers, uh, more than 8 7 million of, of new jobs created. That is important. So when you look at inflation, Congressman, we were at 2% when they got there, maybe slightly under, but no worse than 2%. We're now at 8.6%, which I don't even believe because everything is up just tremendously. So many things are tripled and doubled. I mean, it's I don't believe 8.6%, but let's just say it's true. That's up by four and a half times. Uh, How could they possibly say we are stronger economically than we have been in history? That is tone deaf on steroids times infinity. Well, and they've lied so much to the American people over the years that they think that the mainstream media and everybody else is just going to push that soundbite out there. And all the Americans, we're just going to believe what the White House press secretary is saying. Yet we're smart enough to know, and, and the majority of Americans, realize that when they go to the gas pump and just fill up, which I just did and couldn't even fill up my entire truck for 150 bucks. And when they go to the grocery store, when they go to Lowe's, when they go to all these places to buy everyday goods or just go to a restaurant to eat with their family, they realize the cost of things have gone up by 17%, 20%, 35%, depending on what commodity you're talking about. Yes. And you're starting to see the real estate market come down. You're starting to see, I believe when you see, uh, the quarterly earnings numbers from big companies, they're not going to be good. They're not going to meet expectations. They're going to start laying people off. We are in an economic crisis. It's going to continue under this administration, and it is directly related to the decisions that a Democratic-led Congress has made and this administration has made. So they can say whatever they want from the podium at the White House press office. The American people are smart enough to know that the economy is not booming. The economy is not great. Uh, and um, unemployment is not great. The numbers aren't great because they see it every single day. And the American people are finally starting to get smart. And it took President Trump to kind of bring some of this to light that we were being lied to by the mainstream media. And we- and now they're seeing, no, you know yeah. what? It, it, these are all lies. And uh, I think there is going to be, just like you said in your opening, I think the American people are going to send a very strong message in November that enough is enough. And these aren't the, the policies that we want in place. For our country in November. We got a little over a minute. I want to give you the opportunity to close this out with your comment on that. It just sounds like it's a softball, like I'm throwing you a meatball. But how important is it for America to course correct this November 8th? 
I don't believe that there's ever been a time in the history of our country that is more important than now. It is, it is no, no different. It's very clear that this administration wants to destroy our country from within and take us to a socialized, totalitarian state. And this election is going to be pivotal for the Republicans to take the House and hopefully the Senate to be able to be a check and balance of all the atrocious policies and progressive policies that are that are being pushed on the American people right now. Congressman Stubbe, keep up the great work. Uh, Privileged to present you today on Jimmy's program. Be well. Thank you. You too. Thank you, sir. When we come back, we're going to go back to your phone calls. 888-788-9910. Elon Musk went and did it. Now, you notice The media loved Elon Musk until he said he was voting Republican this year. They loved him. Now they attack him. I mean, relentlessly attack him. And boy, they're going to come after him now. I have been using this analogy. I did it as recently as this morning and yesterday uh, on Fox News Radio, where I liken the Biden presidency to Ron Burgundy, played by Will Ferrell in the wonderful movie Anchorman. I like the first one better than the second one. Uh, And Elon Musk put up Anchorman, Will Ferrell, and he wrote, whoever controls the teleprompter is the real president, exclamation point. That is a fact, and you know it's true. You've seen those printed cards. Stand, sit. I mean, uh, things you would never, ever put on a printed typed out, professionally printed official presidential instructions. Unbelievable what's going on right now. Your calls are next on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I have the privilege to work with Mike and Josh and this wonderful team on Jimmy's program. And Jimmy will be back on Monday. I'm Harry Hurley filling in just for today. I posed the question earlier in the program when we were in guest listener caller open forum. And I posed the question to retired law enforcement officers. If your career was about to start today, right here, right now, Would you do it all over again? Yes or no? Pretty unambiguous question, right? Bruce is in Virginia City, Nevada. Bruce, we welcome you to Jimmy's program. Welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And for the audience's wider spectrum of observation, Bruce is a retired law enforcement officer. And you're a perfect person to pose my question to. If you had it to do right now, you worked a whole career And congratulations, and thank you for your service, and I'm so happy for you and your family that you survived to retirement. I don't think many of our listeners understand how many police officers don't make it or pass away shortly after retirement. It's not what people think. It's a very, very tenuous, stressful job. So thank you for your service, and thank you for uh, making it through an entire career. Simple question, but it's a very profound question. If you had it to do all over again, knowing everything you know now and this current woke environment and all of that, would you do it all over again, yes or no? Oh, absolutely not. Isn't it terrible, Bruce? Isn't it awful to see your your great vocation go down the tubes 
with with spineless politicians and woke DAs and prosecutors that hate cops. Let's face it. They hate America. They hate cops. They love criminals. And they've made the job of police officer impossible, haven't they? They have. I mean, you know, here in rural northern Nevada, it's not as bad, but I still wouldn't do it again. And I, when I see a, a new young deputy on the street, I, I stop and thank him and shake their hand and tell them that I wouldn't do it again, but that I appreciate that they do because somebody has to do it. Bruce, I don't know if you had a chance to listen when I talked about it earlier. I'm the identical twin brother of a career retired police officer, so I'm not a cop. But yeah, I, 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 I did hear that. I'm, I'm close, and you know. Was, when and when that you was the second yeah. part of my go ahead comment, go ahead. You said that that the police are taught to shoot to kill, and there's a there's a fine line there, but they're not. They're taught to stop the threat or to make the person stop their activity. Now, if they die during that. Too bad on them, but it, but they're not technically taught to shoot to kill. Interesting, because we have a split decision. Because uh, I've consulted with a number of law enforcement people, and that's what I've been told. I've been on air for over thirty years, and I have been told my entire broadcasting career it is you only shoot to kill. When the president said, "I fire a warning shot up in the sky with my shotgun," yeah, well, yeah, or yeah, shoot yeah, him in the yeah, foot, never, shoot him in the foot, like it's that. like it's Superman and Lois Lane and the boss. Ah, ah, you shoot him in the foot. Uh, so yeah, my, no. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm not gonna. It's hard for me to try to countermand you. you you're a law enforcement person, and well, I'm and not. That was, how, that was how I was trained, and I think right. it was just to soften it. I mean, yeah, technically, probably are shooting to kill them because you're shooting for center of mass. But well, that's the, it. The goal, the goal is to make them cease their felonious activity. Well, and when you do that, they, they will, then they will cease, my friend Bruce. We have a distinction without a difference here because when you shoot right. center mass, you are shooting to kill. And you will cease the controversy uh, every right. time when you when you deliver it there. And of course, unless right. they're wearing Kevlar and all these things that cops yeah, run then, into then now. Yeah, then you, then you have to re-aim a little bit. So yeah, yeah, that's right. That's anyway, right. You, I, yeah. I just like yeah, a, a fine point. But uh, but thank you for having the conversation, and uh, thank your brother for his service. And yeah. I, I uh, as much as I admire the profession, I, I couldn't do it today. I understand it. Uh, thank you, Bruce. Thank you for being a Jimmy Fallon. Listener on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let's close out with the following, uh, because I think it's a conversation that, unfortunately, you would think it would be over. But with the liberal socialist Democrat mayors and the people that they appoint to these positions that take positions that are completely out of the mainstream. Remember, it was always about following the science and all this garbage. CDC is not recommending right now masks and things like that. Why did Mayor Kenny in Philadelphia recently reimpose the face mask requirement only to be absolutely eviscerated for it and look at his split? Oh, no, 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 the mask is gone. It's gone now. It's gone. As quick as it came, it went. Now, you have the New York City Health Department recommending that New York go back to a face mask requirement. Look, no one. No one in American broadcasting can say they treated the pandemic, COVID-19, any more seriously than I did. I got people mad at me for how I handled the pandemic. But guess what? The pandemic is over. This is now what is called endemic phase. And understand that no coronavirus in the history of the world has ever been eradicated. The common cold is a coronavirus. 
and the common cold has been around forever, and it's always going to be around. So when you cannot cure something, eliminate it, you then have to learn to live with it. The other good news is that typically each variant gets less virulent than the one before it, and you can learn to live with this. And that's why you go from pandemic to endemic and you don't go backwards. We know what all these policies created, the Democrat states versus the Republican states, if you will. And I hate this red and blue thing, which we never used to have. They used to alternate red and blue on election night. It was just to distinct distinguish so people could see the TV and, and understand which who's winning. Then we turned into the the media turned us into red and blue states to divide us, to divide us further. We cannot go backwards. We have to look forward. We have to live with this. Face masks are over, and we just have to understand that. On behalf of Jimmy Fallon, Mike, Josh, everyone at Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, have a great rest of your day. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.